Hey everybody, welcome to the Melrose Place podcast where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every single episode of that hit 90s TV series Melrose Place. I'm Jenny Hill. And I'm Dan Hill. Let's rock and roll. episodes left of season two this one was episode 29 imperfect strangers air date may 4th 1994 loved down memory lane so much happened a lot happened this one they are just jam packing them in yeah so much is going on we start off more cityscape. We're doing a lot more cityscape start-offs. A deserted freeway, too. Looked like the opening of The Walking Dead. It was wacky. There was three <laughs> cars on the road, which that is never the case. Maybe <laughs> maybe things were different in 94, but nowadays you get on the freeways during if the sun is out and... Honking. Yeah. Yeah, so we started off there. Um, we're in D and D. D and D. We're at in Amanda's office. Um, she's got some leather bound books on the table. Um, Allison comes in and they're chatting it up. Al- Amanda's got some new plans. So it seems that Allison is having a really difficult time handling her workload and they're trying to strategize different ideas to make things better. And Amanda reveals that she's got the okay from upstairs to hire somebody on to assist Allison with all of this work that she has to do. Right. And somehow Amanda spins, hey, you're not doing a lot of work to like, I'm great because I'm getting you a new team member and you're not doing your job well enough. And and, and Allison says, thank you. He's like, oh, thanks for including me. Well, Amanda Woodward <laughs> does have that panache for taking something and like giving, delivering backhanded compliments and finding a way to make everything look like she's the savior for everything. Yeah. Uh, We do learn that this new person that they're going to take on will be at Allison's same level. So they'll be working alongside together Mm -hmm. and just to be used as reinforcements to try to offload some of this work. And Amanda, this is kind of to your point. She says that she's going to allow Allison to be part of the hiring process because she only feels that it's fair that Allison has a say in who they're going to hire because she has to work alongside them for eight hours a day. Yeah, and Allison's just like, I would love that very much. Thank you. And D&D has really bought into this whole like team thing because Allison doesn't refer to this new person as a co-worker. She calls them a pl- uh, them a player. She's, 
Did you hear? Did you catch that? Uh, I guess I did. Yeah. She's like, well, we could always use another player. Well, wasn't this because we're like, on a team? Wasn't this like when there there's no I and team posters were like really rampant? Yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, motivational posters abound. Yeah, but I mean, at work, like we we call ourselves a team at work. Like we got a new member of the team, but we're not. We don't call each other players on the team. Like, <laughs> That's going a little far. And Amanda, you're the quarterback. Yeah. I'm going to need you to quarterback this one, all right? We're on the same team. I'm like, are we playing sports or are we working? <laughs> so next scene, we go to the hospital. Sydney frantically runs in and finds Matt at a counter, and she's wanting to know where Michael is. Sid is queen of demanding action from people that hate her. Yeah, over She's and over again. Always like, hey, hey, need your help real quick. And they're like, no, no. Remember, you're a bitch. Yeah, we hate you. <laughs> Remember, you blackmailed the fuck out of me and threatened my life. <laughs> So she's lamenting to Matt and saying, can you believe that he's actually doing this? And he, Matt, li- he literally tells her to bug off. Yeah. Matt is like, <laughs> why don't you go talk to someone who actually gives a damn? And Sydney, and she's all like, hey, what? What a cold shoulder. Like, what, what's your problem? And he's like, I don't have a problem. Now that Kimberly's back and you don't have anything to lord over me. Wow. Dreams do come true. And yeah, he's just. You're gives, getting exactly what you deserve. He gives her major shade and she's like, Ugh, great. It's every, this, is a, this is an example of like every bridge is burnt. For Sid. Right. And Sydney turns around to leave and she runs into, of all people, Kimberly. AKA the crow. <laughs> so Kimberly is like, oh, why are you here? And Sydney responds by saying, well, not that it's any of your business, but I'm here to see my husband. And Kimberly thinks that this is pretty funny that she would actually refer to Michael as her husband. Mm -hmm. And she takes her arm and says, we're going to have a little talk, honey. And brings Sydney into, I think, like the the, the lounge or something. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And she just, she chases her down and she pulls her into the room. And she goes into psycho mode. And did you notice when she first gets Sydney into the room, she like puts her head down and it's almost as if like she's having this pain in her head again. Yeah. And she's like, <sighs> and she's trying to like cope with the pain. And Sydney's like, oh, what am I supposed to do now that Miss, that Dr. Noble is back from the dead? I'm supposed to just step aside and let you reclaim your life with my husband, Michael. Well, I'm sorry, honey. I don't care. I don't care that you were in a coma i don't care about the accident and i don't care about you all i want is my husband back and kimberly's like bitch i don't care that you don't care you think this little marriage bullshit is gonna work your little shotgun crappy blackmailed marriage you got another thing coming sweetheart and i love that she calls her listen you opportunistic little bitch Uh (laughs) you know kimberly has a way of just delivering these lines in such a biting, really scary kind of um, a way. She yeah. is really demanding and she's very, um, she just really has that presence mm-hmm. that I think can really like cut to the heart of people that she's talking to. I would love to go back and watch the first episode that Kimberly is introduced in and compare her to who she is now. 
I mean, Marsha Cross, I think that like this is a credit to her and just yeah. her range of what she can play because really she's amazing. She's awesome. And she's so hot. Oh my goodness. She is gorgeous. Um and she makes me want to check out Desperate Housewives. Really? Yeah. I'd watch it. I mean I mean Hey, after we only have about seven hundred episodes to go with Melrose Place. Yeah, if you guys like Desperate Housewives, let us know. So next scene, we're off to D and D again, and we see that um, Amanda's getting ready to go out to lunch with her mother, and she makes a a comment like, "Oh, I wouldn't ever think that I would ink into my schedule lunch with mother." Hillary is so gross. There's something about her mouth. I just can't. It's like like this weird, like she can't control her lips when she talks. Yeah, she's like an animatronic puppet. (laughs) It's like a Chuck E. Cheese. Like the Hall of Presidents. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's really weird. And did you find it weird, too, that she actually comes into D&D to tell Amanda that she's not going to be able to make it to the lunch that they're scheduled to go to? And Amanda's like, I wish you would have called. And I'm like, yeah, why show up? she's like, I was in the area. I was in the neighborhood. So I just came in and to tell you, but coincidentally, Chaz, her... Well, it's kind of a 90s moment, because you would never do that today. Maybe she didn't have her her, her mobile, her mobile on no, her, you know? you make a good point. Maybe that was the case. Maybe that's how people canceled back then. You, like, you knock had to on do their it in door. purpose. Hey, sorry. I'm here, but I'm not going with you. Yeah. So, coincidentally, Chaz is waiting in the car. And if you'll remember, Chaz is that, like, skeevy, weird fiancé of Hillary, um, Amanda's mom. So, he's, like, he's supposed to be this, like, young, dashing guy. And he is just dropping Hillary off at this other appointment that she has. But she... Yeah, she pawns off Chaz. I'm like... She's basically like, Chaz is in the whip. He can go to lunch with you, and he's got a resume on him. Yeah, because Amanda does mention that they're looking for a new player for their team, their junior executive position. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Hillary has this great idea that Chaz should fill that position and that they can have lunch together and talk about his qualifications. And he happens to love Thai food. Because like, they were going to a Thai restaurant. Yeah, it was like, did you just plan this? <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah, I think you just planned this, Hillary. Um, so now we go to the beach where, of course, Joe is on another photo shoot. <laughs> and if you haven't listened to previous podcasts, Joe's photo shoots are terrible. Yeah. This is no different. There's not a lot going on. We got three girls in bathing suits and they're on the beach. My note is... Wacky volleyball shoot. And this What's just, the product? I don't know. What are they trying to sell? <laughs> Who's buying this? Yeah, what is happening here? And like Joe takes like a lot of breaks. <laughs> she shoots. has a lot of visitors on set. So Tons. okay, this was weird. Sarah just shows up. So Sarah is the cute cute model that was the, in the it model from models inc right from last week and mm. she comes back just to visit joe on set she's not part of the shoot no and she brings her boyfriend along because she wants joe to meet her boyfriend 
and she wants to see the proofs from the shoot. It's kind of an odd demand on the spot. And Joe's like, well, oh. Joe's on set with shooting another campaign altogether. Yeah. I mean, this isn't the oddest visit that Joe's had while on a shoot. Remember, Amanda showed up one day and was like, I need you to sign this like affidavit. <laughs> So, can you sign this legal document that Jake is insane? It's like, Amanda, I'm at work. <laughs> so we learn that Sarah's boyfriend, Hank, has just moved to L.A. from Sioux Falls. He's there to keep an eye on her. Because yeah, he's throwing out, he's throwing abusive clinger vibes from the jump. Yeah. From the jump. That the industry is just full of sharks and people that are going to take advantage of her and that he, they, she needs somebody to keep her grounded. And, of course, Joe is trying to be as accommodating as possible, but she's like, well, not everybody's like that. I mean, I'm a normal person. Yeah. There are certainly people that work in this industry that have normal lives. And you can tell he's a chauvinist because he was like, well, I'm glad that when I realized that Joe was just a girl yeah i know i know i was like <laughs> you're just Ew, a girl what a jerk uh hank is played by tom beards and he's not known for much he played philip on the young and the restless mm. um yeah so i mean hank's all we know of hank is that his goal is to make keep sarah grounded and be normal next up we go out to lunch <clears throat> with amanda and Chaz. And oh, what a fucking dirt. Bag. I know. I just every time I see him, he is just such a skeevy little douchebag. Yeah. That haircut. What is up with that? He has probably the most punchable face. Like horrible. And he always has his shirts on button, like four buttons and like just chest hairs is like, coming yeah. out. I just it's that button that most people are like. That's too far. Yeah, it's too far. But he's like, no, I'm going for it. I just want to hit him. He like has a mullet, but then he like has like his his bangs have like wings. It's basically Allison's haircut. <laughs> it really is. But it's like Allison's haircut, but they took off the cobra sides mm-hmm. and it's just the top and the mullet. It's damn near mullet. It is mullet. It is. It, yeah. It's totally a mullet. It's mullet. So anyway, he opens with, I really want this job, Amanda. And it's like, you just found out about this. You happen to have a resume with you, which like that was lucky. And now it's like, he, he's really selling it. Like, I have a degree in marketing. I worked at this far, this firm in New York for two years. And I worked here for three years. I've got the know-how and the experience you need. And she goes in like, sorry, Chaz, you don't have the job. You know? Yeah, and somehow. And he's like, hey, I'm a flirt. Yeah, well, because he says, you know what? Let's start over. Things at dinner the other night kind of took a turn. I'm a flirt, but I'll tell you, it's harmless. And Dude, that's not something you tell your girlfriend's daughter. And at at a interview beyond that, um, I mean, he wasn't just flirting. He took his socked foot and rubbed it against her leg. Yeah, that's technically assault. That's like disgusting. And and just, she even says it was not appreciated. I don't want that kind of behavior from you again. 
and my work is my life. I put 110% into what I do and those people on my team need to have the same mind mindset. And he says, well, we have that in common and I'm sure we have a lot of other things that we share too. Yeah, like moms. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he says the weirdest like prose about himself. She's like, well, what's good about you? And he says, I'm young and I'm very aggressive. <laughs> so this is like ageism and you're fucking like you're forceful bragging bastard. about the, the fact that you like force your way yeah. into stuff. There's trigger words in an interview that you don't want to use. Like young is not a positive and aggressive. Like, sorry, no. that's not a term... You should use as a positive in an interview, even if it is at the worst Thai food restaurant in the history of man. And the other thing that he did that just made me want to like slap him. Amanda had a like a glass that was almost empty and she was holding it. Mm -hmm. He freaking takes it out of her hand and then refills it and gives it back to her. I just hate him. I effing hate his face. My next note is Chaz is a fucking douchebag. I hate him. <laughs> okay. The so. play uh, and the the place sucks. There's all these dead ass plants behind him. Um, it looks like Melrose Place over there. Like it, maybe that's why Amanda went there. She just felt yeah. at home. She's like, oh, this is nice. These are the plants I'm used to. We cut to Michael getting into his car at the hospital parking lot. And of course, little kid sister Sid just runs up. She's got her chin up on the, the door like, hi, Michael, where are you going? And if you change the music when Sid immediately gets to the car to like danger horror music, that would have been scary. Yeah, I know. Like If you like start off like, mm-hmm, and like Sydney like pulls up. <laughs> That'd be fucking scary as she shit. she pops out of nowhere. Like, hey, Michael, what's going on? <laughs> and Michael's like, I'm going to lunch alone. Yeah. Get out of here, Sid. And um, she, Sid says the one of the best lines. She's like, he's like, get out of here, Sid. I'm done with you. And she's like, that's it? Zombie woman lives and you drop everything and go running back to her? <laughs> and he's like, yup, that about he's sums like, it up. Sure does, bitch. <laughs> I'm out. I get I mean, the fuck out of here before I run over your toes. I do have a little bit of sympathy for Sydney with this situation because, I mean, like little Laura Layton's face is just like, so she's like such a little kid and you just want to be like, it's going to be okay. <clears throat> but at the same time, the way that Michael handles her and he's so dismissive of her, like scram. he drops some really funny lines. Yeah. Every time he sees her, he's like, what the hell do you want? <laughs> And like, oh God! It's pretty funny. Uh, and it, I think he got a new car too. That's a he has a convertible now. It's, it's a Mustang. He had the Stang. Yeah. So now we go to D and D. Allison comes into uh, Amanda's office with all these resumes because um, all for all Allison knows is that the search is on and she's involved. So she has all these resumes of potentials. 
And Amanda's just like, oh, no, 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 bitch. I already hired Chaz. And <laughs> Chaz is already in Amanda's office. She's hired him. And, of course, Allison is shocked to learn this because just hours earlier, she's been told that she's going to ha- play a part in getting this new team member in. And yeah. they're going to look over resumes together and do part of the process. And uh, so and then... Uh, Amanda does the funniest thing where she's like, well, Chaz is actually my mother's fiance, which I guess makes you my future stepfather. Yeah. And then it's like, now is not the time to be making stepfather jokes. I don't even think it was a joke, Dan. I think it was seriously the like a realization of what the relationship would be to Chaz. It's like, I you're just realizing it, Amanda. Like, I got it from the start and it's inappropriate. <laughs> Allison asked to talk to Amanda in private and she reiterates, you know, we spoke this morning and I thought that we'd be working together on this. And I I hope that you didn't hire this guy just because we're related. You are related to him. Chaz is like, I'll I'll leave. And Amanda's like, good idea. Maybe call mother and tell her, tell her the good news. It's like, this is already just so weird. Getting weird. And then, of course, Amanda turns it around on Allison for even questioning her and says, you assured me you're going to be a team player. This is the guy that has the qualifications that's going to come in and help you. Due to the circumstances, I think that you'd be thanking me for getting somebody in here so quickly. You better show me that you've got the same mindset on and that we're all on the same Mm -hmm. team. And this is... This cements it that Amanda is terrible at business and horrible at her job because this is not the first time that she has just hired someone on the spot after her gut instinct is that they're not qualified. Qualified. Yeah. Ted Ramsey. I mean, the stalker. The stalker. And now your mommy's boyfriend, Chaz, who just like swindled you into hiring him. At a Thai food restaurant. And who sexually assaulted you at a dinner the like night before. Yeah. Good good bosses think on shit. And I mean, going back to Ted, Ted is like running loose, right? Did they do they call the cops? Yeah, remember she was like Oh, call Joe, the cops. Joe, call the well, cops. What's up with him? I guess he's in jail. I guess we'll never know. He asked Joe. Amanda went to bed right after she... Oh, yeah. Call the cops. Joe, do my dirty work. Yeah. So now let's go to the beach house. Kimberly is just standing outside in the dark like the crow. And Michael comes in. He's like, hey, hello, babe. (laughs) What are you doing? How are you doing? Just standing outside in the cold. And she says that she's thinking. And Michael senses something's off. So she says, talk to me. What's going on? And he wants to know if her acting this way has anything to do with the idiot Sydney. <laughs> that idiot Sydney. And Kimberly says, well, actually, yes, it does. I mean, I, I just want to know how it could be so easy for you to just get over me and marry somebody else. And, and have sex and with someone sleep else. sleep with somebody else so quickly. And he's just like, sweetie, I thought you were dead. For one. Two. I was very impressionable. I was going through a really tough time. And she's like, I guess you're right. I understand it now. After the accident, I had a near-death experience. Oh, right. I saw 
everything, Michael. I've been to the other side, hell and back, and it taught me something. I will never compromise myself for a man again. Before, we did things your way. Now, we're going to do things my way. And this is literally, word for word, the plot of the crow. (laughs) He gets killed. (laughs) He gets buried. And like he's dead. And then he comes back to life. With the spirit of like a crow that he sees with and is seeking revenge on the people that killed him. And honestly, there is way too many parallels Kimberly to the crow. has a very supernatural quality about her. Yeah. She's like operating on a higher level than the other characters. And then she just like takes Michael's face and just like kisses him with all the conviction that she has like inside of her and what like having near-death experience makes you like this aggro feminist and it's funny that she's been to the other side and it was hell (laughs) and it wasn't heaven i've been to hell (laughs) and back man but i like it i mean this all all this being said like i like i love it it's fine keep keep it coming but uh, it's it's the plot of the crow. Yeah. At this point, <laughs> we'll we'll see how this shakes out. But for now, we're gonna go back on the pretty lady, which is out in Catalina, and we're having another shoot with Joe. And what is it? Well, they're shooting a perfume ad. We've got Sarah, the new it girl from Models Inc., and we're just getting some headshots of her and. And the the background of this these these shots is a massive mountain. It looks like Hawaii. It looks like Kauai for real. Like I've never seen mountains this big. It's Catalina. I, is there a big ass mountain like that on Catalina? Yes, Daniel. You need to go with me one day. Yeah, one day. It's cheaper. <laughs> So she's getting some shots and she's trying to coax out the sexy, sensual side of Sarah for this perfume called Entanglement. And she's telling her to... Entanglement? That's what it's called. (laughs) The perfume is called Entanglement. That's horrible. Oh, I'm sorry. It's called Entangled. Entangled? (laughs) That's still bad. And um, What are you wearing? It's Entangled. Entangled. That sounds like a mess. I don't want to wear something that sounds like a mess. Like, it's hard to do. Well, Jake is on the boat because, if you'll remember, he manages the pretty lady these days. And um, But does he? He's just well, there. I, he only, like, rents it out to D&D for ad campaigns. Yeah. And she, uh, Joe's like, to get the good shot, she's like, pretend you're, you've just made passionate love to Tom Cruise. Oh, my God. You hear that today, and it's like... Um, barf <laughs> yeah scientology what yeah so uh sarah gets a little like shy and she's like ah, and you get the sense that she's not really um experienced in and that again, realm and again all these photos suck if yeah. they're they're doing this, they do these like through the lens of joe's camera <laughs> of joe's camera and it's just these like they stop the photo and it's like the the photos that she's capturing are it's really blurry. terrible it's so blurry <laughs> you literally get better shots on like the roller coaster rides <laughs> where at at certain parts like at they the end the they camera have the camera, camera go the off big drop. yeah 
Those are way better shots <laughs> than Joe gets. And so um, they they kind of start bantering back and forth. Jake gets involved and Sarah's like, you guys used to date, didn't you? And Joe's being very coy about this. Hey, I'm here to shoot you, not get in touch with our love life. Like, you need and to she's just... like, tell us about your boyfriend. And she says like... Well, he works in cornfields. He's a farmer. <laughs> like, what is happening and right now? he doesn't ask anybody for help. And because they're like, wow, well, if he's a farmer, what the hell is he going to do in L.A.? Yeah. <laughs> well, he'll figure it out. So now we go back over to Melrose Place. And there's this hottie, like, swimming in the pool. And me and Jenny were both like, who is that? What's going on? And then we start putting it together when they pan out. And Sydney's at the side of the pool. And then there's these other two hotties there, like, getting sunscreen. And we're like, oh, she did not bring the whores over to Melrose Place. Yep, she, she did. She did. So we can tell that Sydney's got to get back into the game because her whole plan of being a doctor's wife is now squashed. And Sydney tells the girls that she's wanting to kind of make Melrose Place their new headquarters. Yes. This is going to be the hub. She's like, I'm going to... Remember those uh, those open houses we were having at the beach? We're going to do that in a studio apartment. <laughs> we're going to do that here. And the girls couldn't be more excited about it. They're like, like All right. wow, we love this place. Yeah. So just so happens Amanda comes home on her lunch break. She sees Sydney with these girls and she's like, Sydney, may I have a word, please? So they go off to the side and Amanda says, I'd appreciate it if you tell those women to leave. The pool is for tenant use only. And Sydney immediately shuts that bullshit down. She's like, oh, no, I read the lease. And it says that I can have people over if they're my guests and not spending the night, they can use the pool. And also in the lease, funny you should mention it, is that I can also have parties. If I give management notice. So guess what? I'm having a party and you're not invited. Okay. And this is my notice. Bye. Bye. And and Amanda's just like, touche. Yeah. And it's great to see Amanda being put in her place by the likes of Sydney. Yeah. Sydney, she needed to get at least a one up on somebody in this episode. Yeah. She needs one little victory. Well, I'm glad they put... They put Amanda into that. It's all it, like you said. It's just fun to see Amanda not get her way and yeah. get shot down. <clears throat> we cut to the boat once again. We're with Joe, Sarah, and Jake, and it seems that the boat has had some electrical issues. They're not able to get it to run. They're in the middle of the sea, so there's two options. They could either get taxied out, leave the boat there overnight, and then Jake could return the next day to make the fixes. Or they could radio out for the parts, wait for them to be delivered, which could be a couple hours. They could fix the problem right out there on the ocean and then go back in. So they all decide that being out on the ocean, waiting for the parts to be delivered and just kind of having a nice sunset and, you know, hanging out on the boat could be a nice way to spend their afternoon. And this again, at this point in time, I still I was like, oh, more confirmation that they're in Hawaii. Because Jake is like, well, we can get the parts um, from the mainland. And like that, I feel like that's a term that like Hawaiians use when they talk about the U.S. 
Well, I mean, Hawaii is they in the do, U.S. But, but like, I, I know they're talking about like the contiguous U.S. Yeah, like but does anyone say on Catalina, Catalina Island, yes, they call it they call California the mainland. I bet they do. Really? I bet you they do. I was I, at this point, I was like, oh, yep, Hawaii. I was only in Catalina for two days, and it was a very drunken bachelorette party weekend, so I don't remember a lot. But um, they probably do call it the mainland. Hmm. All right. That's fine by me. So let's go to dinner with Amanda, her mom, and Chaz. And Jake, he can't make it. Because, of course, he's out to sea now. He's had those electrical problems. So, again, Amanda has to attend another dinner without Jake on her arm. And in Amanda's defense, Jake does miss a lot he does. of stuff. He really does. And she looks fabulous. She has on this little red dress. It looks great on her. This is supposed to be a dinner to celebrate Chaz's new position at D&D. And Hillary's like, a toast to Chaz and his future at D&D. And Chaz constantly gives fuck me eyes to Amanda and her mom. Like, I can't. Can you? I don't understand how Chaz was casted. Like, I don't believe for a second that he's into Hillary and at all. I don't believe for a second that he's so young. Everyone's like, I'm well, young. he's so young. He's young. There's so many, like... Yeah, you old. Ref- like, he looks like he's, like, pushing 40. Yeah. He's not, like, this little young spring chicken. It's not like he's just out of business school. No. I don't know what they're talking about. And, like, dude, if your mom is dating someone... It's just like off limits. Oh, yeah. But Amanda and her mom have had a very strange past, very, very strained. And during this toast, Chaz then turns it on to Amanda and he's like, and to Amanda, my new boss. Creep. And, And then Amanda looks to her mother and says, you know, daddy would be so happy that we'd be out to dinner like this. And then and she's like, your father was a piece of shit. Well, Hillary says, well, Amanda, I thought that your father was off limits. Like talking about him is off limits between us. Then Amanda says, well, it is. But then goes on this like 15 sentence monologue about her dad. Right. Hillary's stance on, on Palmer is that he sucks and he wasn't doing good things and kept her away from Amanda. She says something about a restraining order where she needed to be at least 10 feet away from her daughter at all times. Yeah. And then also adds in, when your father wasn't with me, he was with other women at the track or scheming with other lowlifes. Right. This And this dinner, it's just not going well. And Amanda is just like, I'm out. My dad's awesome. I don't want to hear it. You're a bitch. I'm gone. And then... She just gets up from the table, and then Chaz is the one who's like, I will talk to her. He runs after her as Hillary, as like, you know, a woman, Amanda's mother. How would you feel if you're there and it. And your boyfriend. Yeah. And honestly, like, this is hard for you, too. You're trying to repair your relationship with your daughter, and then she comes at you with all of this stuff, and you're trying to, like, defend yourself to say, 
I didn't leave you willingly. There are other things you don't know. Right. And then he goes and rushes to the aid of the person you're in a fight with. Yeah. He doesn't stay back and say, how are you? Are you okay? And it's, he just offers a, he's like, you want me to drive you home? Yeah. And fuck your mom. Are fuck you, your mom. Yeah. Are you going to just like leave my mom here at the table? And she's like, no, I think you better get back to the table. I don't want you to be in the doghouse because of me. Yeah. This is, this is weird. This is a really I gotta weird. I got to agree with you. Like why the heck would Amanda subject herself to this situation. Yeah. Just the the previous episode, I don't want anything to do with you, mother. I don't want you in my life. So next episode, hmm, I'm, I'm a- just going to hire your fiance <laughs> and then have like day-to-day contact with him and then inevitably... And then we're going to go to dinners. Yeah. I, I don't even... I don't get this. It's weird. Let's just go to the pretty lady. They're broken down. It's nighttime on the Catalina Waters... And um, the pair, the, the, the parts should be there any minute. Now, Sarah's getting a little tired, so she decides that she's going to go take a nap inside, and Jake and Joe remain on the deck, and they start talking. This gives them a, a chance to, like, sort of pull the covers back and, and see what's going on with each other. And Joe asks Jake the important question of, like, so, like, are you going to be with Amanda for a long time? Or like, are y'all just like fucking or and what? And Jake is like, well, I like Amanda. I care for her, but we don't have the same goals in mind. I want a family and she's just really not on that path. And this, again, like it's during this conversation, it's several episodes since Joe has been pregnant. I always forget she is pregnant like well into the episode and then i'm like oh yeah you're pregnant Yeah, because there's nothing like nothing made about it yeah and she should be way more worried about like being stranded on a boat for even a night as a pregnant woman like i feel like she should have lobbied harder to like not stay the night well there. i was thinking sarah needs to lobby harder because it seems like her boyfriend is not comfortable with her being anywhere yeah other than like with him yeah i'd be like hey joe and jake uh, we should get back because my boyfriend's gonna kick my ass if i'm not if i'm not back these cornfields are it's hard out here for a pimp <laughs> Well, Jake and Joe continue this conversation and Joe tells Jake that she thinks that he'd be a really great father and she kind of doubles this back. This gets Jake home. Yeah, he's just like, oh, okay. And and she's like, well, you know, when the time comes, like not to say like you're going to be my dad, my, my yeah. kid's father. And this prompts Jake to try to lean in for a kiss. Yeah. But this, like Jake is a father. <laughs> he, he gave away the rights to his child. How could he possibly like like all right, there's like being a father and that like you start at zero uh, I feel of like being a father and you go into the negative when you sign away children. Like like you like he basically disowned his child. So now you're not you haven't been a father at all, but now you're a bad one at that. You're a bad not father. Well. So, like, you have to have another kid to get to zero. You know? 
Like we're on a I scale. I mean, I don't here. think you can make a blanket statement like that. I think some people have their reasons. There are situations, but I, I get with like this whole thing of like you'll be a great father. It's like well, you already have a kid. <laughs> So we leave them, and next up we go to a party at Sydney's Mm -hmm. studio apartment. Yeah, they're celebrating the studio, and it sucks in there. Guys, it looks terrible. And there are the shelves are empty. There's probably like 10 girls there, and the two that she was hanging out with at the pool earlier in that day was like, Wow, Sydney, this is great. I mean, you have some imported champagne. You have a few catered bites. This is just amazing. And they're like, so what's next? A house on the hills? And Sydney's like, like, whoa, guys. (laughs) Like, look around. How about a fucking sofa? Sydney has freaking Care Bears in the background on shelves. Yeah, okay? she, she's got a sound garden poster on the fridge. A therapy poster over her, over her, her fire, fireplace. Her fake framed. fireplace. There, she has like a milk crate on the floor that's holding like probably records. Yeah, there, there's just nothing there's in there. There's nothing in there. There's no sort of atmosphere of a party. And they're like wooing over this place when y'all used to party on the beach. So at that moment, the door bursts open and Lauren comes in and she says, you call this a party? Yep, that's right. I'm out of jail thanks to my lawyer. He got me off on a technicality just a few hours ago. Here's a thought. How did she know where the party was? Great question. How did she? like? No idea. She doesn't have a phone, you know? She 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 would have no idea how to get there. Well, she found it, and she and everyone like surrounds her, and like, Sid's oh, immediately Lauren. jealous. Yeah, of course she is. And then Lauren makes her way over to Sydney, and she's like, "Well, I guess we need to renegotiate." And Lauren says, "Actually, no, Sydney, we don't." Oh, girls, party's moving to my house. It's going to be one for the ages, the welcome home party. Let's go. And they're all like, woohoo. And did you notice that like all their voices are voiceovered? You are very sensitive to that. I don't really care or pay attention to that. Well, it's just interesting to me because it's a way I feel of like cutting, of like saving money, of cutting a corner. Cause like then you don't have to pay them as, um, people that have lines right yeah like they're i feel like that's way more expensive so it's just it's just like cheap to me if because you know though those vo's come from like the crew oh really a lot of times they're like hey all, really yeah they'll be like hey come on when i worked at the shakespeare theater we did we did some like some yelling in the background like yeah. like just making ruckus yeah but that's theater this is a but still, you outsource like four girls talking like, hey, let's go. Okay. Yeah. Grab my coat. All right. Grab my purse. It's like pennies on the dollar. Well, maybe you're right. The one thing that I did pay attention to, which you pointed out the lyrics, was the generic song that's playing. Oh, yeah. I forgot the lyrics. They were like, I, like it's Friday night. Yeah. Take off, take off a load. Hang out at your house. <laughs> 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 it's like, Something along those lines. It's like so dumb. Kick back, relax. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's nothing to kick back on and relax on yeah. 
Sydney's place is like you just moved in. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, so all the other girls leave to go back to Lauren's and then there's this like bodyguard guy that's with Lauren and Who he like he? slams the door and now it's like time to get down to business. Yeah. And Lauren's like, you owe me $15,000. And Sid's like, what are you talking about? It's 50, 50. Uh, no, we agreed it was 75-25. Wow, Sid, for being so young. It's very weird that you don't have a better memory. And then she's like, I can't get you that. And then the dude smashes her question mark painting. <laughs> He's just like, Bleh. And she's like, um, uh, well, I guess I have $10,000 in the bank. And then Lauren's like, okay, what about the rest? Well, like, I'll, I don't have it. I'll get it when I can. And then he like takes this like vase of flowers and just like drops it on the A- ground. After he sniffs them, <laughs> he like smells the flowers and throws them against and the I'm wall. And I'm like, what are they going to do to Sydney for yeah. real? Like I, she's got si- nothing of value in that apartment. I'd yeah. be like, freaking trash the place. There's nothing here. What are yeah. you going to do? If I was Sid, I'd just be like, keep playing this game. You're going to run out of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Really, there's nothing in here. Like, oh no, not my teddy bear. <laughs> oh God, Care Bear. Okay, my laundry basket. Oh, don't throw that out the window. Like, what? Not, a- not my Soundgarden poster <laughs> on my fridge. Please. Put some freaking poster on a fridge. Sid. And by the way, okay, that um, that band we found out. So the painting that this guy smashes, it's a quite, it's a. It's a band called Therapy with yeah, a question, with a question mark. At the end. And I'm not familiar with them. We went ahead and YouTubed. Um, we'll put the link in our show notes this week, but we went ahead and YouTubed Therapy, and um, it's like heavy duty. Uh, what do you call that kind of music? It's like metal. Is it just like metal? Like punk? death metal, kind of. I thought it was a little punky. Yeah. It was like, hey, you dad. Like hardcore. Mom, dad. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's not something I would pin uh, Sydney for liking. It's like alternative for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's got nothing. She's got a. There was a veggie plate in the kitchen. Yeah, that was it. That so was it. Lauren says you're gonna have that money for me by the end of the week. And guess what? You're on your own, Sydney. Don't think that you can come back into the fold and make that money up by working for me again. You need to come up with that on your own. I'm like, move home. Yeah, just roll out. Like, you got nothing in LA anymore. Just go to Chicago. Take the tent and grand in peace. Go to a different city. Yeah, so at this point, I'm like, oh, okay, Sid's going to start whoring. But then Lauren's like, don't even think about whoring. Yeah, you can't go come back into the game. Yeah. So next up. I don't understand why Lauren is... So aggressive towards Sydney. Well, because like they made a deal. She says you did it a little too well. Mm. She feels threatened by Sydney. She feels like Sydney could take her empire out from under her. But then at the same time, it's like she just got out of jail hours earlier and she's going to go back into the life. It's like actually yeah, you're gonna get caught it's again, sweetie. Actually, a really good idea to have Sydney doing all the dirty work and then you collecting a cut. Yeah, 
I would I would agree with that. But, if you were smart, you know, she's been hanging around too many tomato muscle dudes, <laughs> breaking breaking pictures. So, so let's let's go to Melrose Place. It's the next day, and Amanda is pissed that Jake missed dinner. Rightfully so. Right. So she is leaving for work. Jake's coming out of his apartment, and he's like you're not going to say goodbye to me? And she's like, no, actually, I wasn't planning on it because I feel like you don't make me a priority. And he says, well, Amanda, you know, I was out in the, I was stranded. I was out in the middle of the ocean. And she's like, yeah, well, you could have come back, left the boat and fix it tomorrow. But you decided to stay out there with Joe. I'm always second fiddle. It's always something going on with the boat or with Joe or with something else. And I'm Mm -hmm. sick of it. I want to be your priority. But Jake usually has a pretty good excuse why he misses stuff. Like it'll be like, well, Joe was going to like get an abortion or it's something, you know, there's something dangerous happening or something he promised someone he can't tell that sort of stuff. Yeah, I guess, but she has a right to feel that way. So he says, I'm going to make it up to you dinner tomorrow, me and you, nothing's going to come between it. Mm -hmm. Now we have Allison on the phone and at D and D and, um, she, she picks up on a conversation that Chaz is having with Bruce, the head of D and D. So apparently Chaz has gotten really close with Bruce very quickly. They're talking about having a poker night, what night that they should like schedule this out. And Allison tries to insert herself in the conversation and she's like, Oh wow. I play a mean poker game, whatever you call them. I, yeah. I know nothing about poker, but she's like, she's like, I've been known. I've been known to play some You know, I, I'm great. And then they're just like ignoring her and going on about their conversation. And Bruce is like, okay, yeah, Tuesday it is. My wife has bridge club or something else where she's not going to be around. And we'll go ahead. We'll do poker at my place. And it'll be a running thing. And Allison's just standing there waiting for the invitation. Like, and include me. But that never comes. Bruce is like, I'll tell the guys upstairs. See you later, Chaz. Great to have you on the team, by the way. Great to have you, bud. And Allison is a good poker player because you can remember. um, She won those tickets. That's right. And then Rhonda took them. That's right. Yeah. She bluffed out Jake. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Well, she asks Chaz, hey, when are you going to have that report due? Oh, God, you fucking snake. And he is like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to have it done. And she's like, Chaz. I have two reports of my own that are due today. You need to get yours finished. And he said, you know what? Amanda told me that you're here to help me. So what I suggest you do is finish that report and you get to helping me because that's what you're here for. Mm. And Allison is completely floored. She says nothing to stand up for herself. And I think that they try to justify her reaction because number one, he is the stepfather soon to be stepfather of amanda yep and he is so buddy buddy with bruce she probably feels that if she makes waves about him that she's gonna be blamed and get the boot or get reprimanded in some way i'd blow the whistle on him asap oh yeah he's like what did you just say all right let's go talk to amanda about that immediately yeah 
And I would go over to Amanda's de- office and say, hey, um, this guy Chaz you brought in, he's not going to have his report ready. Or, you know what? I wouldn't do his report. Why would you do his report for him? When uh, you yeah. when you go in the meeting, you do what you did to that guy with the suntan lotion. <laughs> and you say, hey, where's your shit? Where's your shit, bro? Yeah, and just say, oh, remember? Um, I did my two reports, and then he fucked around all day and yeah. didn't do any work. He's talking to Bruce about playing poker. What was happening there, Chaz? Let let me know. Yeah, well. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> that doesn't really pan out that way. So let's go to Joe's place. Uh, Sarah, the Model Zinc model, she shows up at Joe's door. How does she know where Joe lives? That boggles my mind. Yeah. It's like they've been on one shoot There's together. No Google. And Joe is like Sarah's mother figure. She's the cool aunt. So she She's bangs on cool the door. She's frantic. She's in tears. Her and Hank have been fighting. I kind of feel like they probably got in a fight that she was out on, on the, the boat. boat. Yeah. Where the fuck were you? Yeah. Like, I feel like that was probably the catalyst. So he put his hands on her. He slapped her. He threw her down. And she tries to make excuses. Oh, I know that he's just doesn't want to lose me. And he's afraid of this business. Hank's got to go. You can't put your hands on a woman. Come on, man. So Joe is like, look, you're going to stay with me. We're going to get him out of your life. We got to cut that guy Hank out like he's done. He can't hit you. He can't put his hands on you. Mm-hmm. We head over to the hospital where Michael rushes into a, a surgery room. And he's like, okay, I'm ready for the emergency surgery. And the only person there is Dr. Kimberly Shaw. And he is surprised and he's like, well, wait, where, where's the appendectomy? That seems to be like his surgery of choice. He does a lot of appendectomies there. And Dr. Kimberly Shaw is stunning head to toe. She removes her scrubs and underneath is the satin bra and underwear that is like, it looks amazing on her. And she's like, bright red doctor. Is this what I was like before the accident? Is it, is this what I was like? And it's like, it's almost like she has amnesia or something and she doesn't remember what she was like. And she's trying to be who she was. And he's like, uh, no, but I could get used to this. Yeah. And they start like going at it in this surgery room oh yeah they do they start going after it marcia cross looks like amazing holy holy moly moly um and we leave them there sid goes to jane's apartment back to Morrow's place how many times are you gonna knock on jane's door and ask for help sydney yeah how many times if there's one bridge that is burnt this one is dynamite exploded it is there's a moat with crocodiles in it like this bridge is done and it kind of sucks because the only way we get to see jane is when sydney comes and asks for her help and jane just slams the door in her face every time yeah she's like what i mean it's good for the lines like sid get a life sid i'd rather like 
burn at the stake and hang out with you. <laughs> and Sydney's just like, Jane, please help. I need your help. I know I've been awful to you, but I'm in a really bad position. These people that I owe them money and I don't have it and I don't know what to do and they can hurt me. You don't know what I'm going to have to do if you don't help. Look, you're responsible, whatever it is. Now my dinner's getting cold. I got to go. Yeah, I'm so sorry. And I really, really hope that it works out for you, Sydney. I really do. But at this point, she's I can't like, help you. And she's like, just like, I'm in trouble. There's no way out. There's no way out. And this has got to be hard from a sister's perspective. Even if your sister has betrayed you time and time again, you still have to have some feeling for her. And Jane does. When she closes the door, you see her lean up against it and she just starts crying and Sydney's on the other end just banging and crying on the other side begging for help. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's a it's a heartfelt scene. Now Joe, she goes over to Jake's place to tell Jake that Sarah's going to be staying with her and she's got to go away for a little bit, but she wants Jake to sort of Watch out in case old Hanky Poo comes back to kick some more uh, model ass. Right. And Sarah is really afraid of Hank. And Joe tries to kind of say, I don't think it's a big threat, but it would be nice to know that there would be a guy around to kind of protect us. And Mm -hmm. Jake says, well, I kind of have this thing with Amanda tonight. Like, I have to go, but maybe I can make the dinner earlier or later. And Joe's like, no, no, no. If you've got something going on. Again, it's not that big of a deal. I don't want you to like change up your plans. And it's probably nothing. So it's okay. And Jake says, maybe you can get Billy to do it. Or call the cops, he says. And this was the first time in the entire episode that I even thought about Billy. I was like, oh, yeah. Billy hasn't been in this episode at all. Yeah. He's like totally absent. Um, Well. And that's why I liked it. (laughs) I was thinking like, man, I really like this one. And I couldn't put my finger on it. There's no Billy. So Joe leaves and then Amanda calls and Jake is like, oh, I was actually just thinking about you. What time do you think that we're going to do dinner tonight? And she's like, 7, 7.30. Why? Do you want to do something else? Is there something else that's more important? And he's like, no, it's all good. And she's like, if you're not going to be 100%, I cannot. I cannot. I'm, I'd rather not even go. And he's like, and it's like no, he asks you bitch. what time. I will be he's there. He's got to know what time you're going out to dinner. Yeah. So they agree on a time. And then we cut to Sid. She's walking up on a, a live nude girl's sign. Little strip club action. Sydney has got to find a way to make that cash and quick. And she goes in and she like finds the guy like. Uh, obviously like stereotypically like crunching numbers at the bar and she's like i'm here about the ad and he just like you know looks her up and down and is like so what's a sweet thing like you coming in here you got experience she's like yeah yeah i got experience well honey we do uh lots of high-end stuff here a lot of bachelor parties lots of corporate events lots of guys blowing off steam from the office so we're really looking for the top-notch girls here. And she's like, "You sure you got the experience?" Oh yeah, yeah, I got it. I've I've been fucking guys for money for <laughs> a 
couple weeks now. So, so expert. Yeah. This is a step down for me, actually. I was in the big leagues. Uh, but yeah, she's like, look, I'm here to make 400 a night. So I got what you need. And uh, he's, yeah, he's like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, of course. And then I'm like, even if she's making $400 a night, how is she going to get $5,000 by the yeah. end of the week? I don't know. Like, leave Lots. town. And it's, um, she keeps looking over at the stripper that's dancing. Like, she's learning how to strip right then. <laughs> like, okay, first you. Right. She's like, yeah, I got experience. Put your hand on the pole. Okay, okay. Uh, then you whip your hair around. All right, got it. <laughs> and she's like, she's like talking to this guy, looking over. And she's like, like mm-hmm. yeah, yep. I can do that. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> this is all good. We now cut over to the hospital where Dr. Kimberly Shaw is shutting her locker and Dr. Levin comes in and he says, hey, how are you? How are you doing? And Kimberly says that she's very happy to be back at the hospital. Dr. Levin says that he hopes that she doesn't take offense to this, but he really feels as though Dr. Mancini is a very bad influence on Kimberly and he just can't understand why she's going to surround herself with him after the accident, after everything, and you know, rumors are running rampant at the hospital about their relationship, and he just wants to give her a word to the wise to stay away from him. And this is the one scene that I had a problem with in this episode. The balls on Levin here to confront Kimberly about Mancini when he knows they're together. They're back together. So for all he knows, Michael could have told Boom. her everything about him using call girls. Yeah, and Kimberly, and and if and if he confronts Kimberly and says, "Hey, dump Michael," you think Kimberly's not gonna go to Michael? Tell her, tell him you said that, and then fucking use that info. That's You're right. You make a really balls. good point. Like that is, was very brazen of Levin to do that. I don't think he would have done that, man. But. This is going to work out in his favor because Kimberly says, I'm on a mission. You'll see. And she just kind of skips out of the room. It's like, it'll all be clear to you very soon. Whoa, what does that mean? And then a crow flew in and like landed on her shoulder. (laughs) And then she walked out and disappeared. Uh, we now are back at D&D, and Billy comes up to Allison's cubicle. Damn it. He's in the episode. Billy squeaks up, and he's like, hey, Allison, I've been downstairs for 10 minutes. Wait, we got to get to the caterers by 6 p.m. What are you doing up here? And then Allison's just like, they're picking on me again. <laughs> the boys at work <laughs> make me do their work. <laughs> Amanda hired her future stepfather to be the guy that's going to be working alongside me, but now he's just using me. And And Billy's just like, why don't you stand up for yourself? Yeah, you know what, Billy? That's a great idea. I'm going to go into Amanda's office right now. I'm going to tell her. So at that (laughs) very moment, Amanda has another visitor to her office, and it's Chaz. And guys, this is disgusting. Like, this is just, it's foul. Yeah, I just have Chaz sucks. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Chaz is in there. He's like, he's like, I'm really enjoying working with you. Blah, Takes blah, blah. her by the hand. Is like, you're so rare and precious. And like, Amanda. 
She's like she liking would, it. Yeah, she would. I feel like she would not do this. She would not be into this. It's it's, it's just well. Part work. of it is her one angle is I can get back at my mother. It may not be that she's <clears throat> being seduced by this freaking douchebag. It's that other, and I can hurt my mom with this. True. And the other thing is that Jake isn't performing well for her either. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I think she's... She's like, I got problems with Jake. Yeah, and then Chaz even says, not even your mother can hold a candle to you. It's just like, ew. She's like, oh, I love that. And they... And she says, oh, Chaz, I told you, this is supposed to be strictly professional. I don't want any of this. And he's like, well, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's past five o'clock. And he just goes in and starts like kissing her. And I thought this was going to be a kiss, pull away, smack in the face. You're fired. Get the hell out of here. And instead, she's kissing him back. Yeah. And furthermore, I couldn't believe it. They're in her office. Her back is to the window. The blinds are open. Anybody walking in the hallway would see this. She is a terrible employee, boss anything and you know i'm sure a lot of the office knows that this new hire is her future father-in-law because that's very weird disgusting and what like okay so case in point allison walks up to go give amanda her peace of mind and say oh this Chaz guys are working out and she comes up to seeing the image of them making out. Chaz is just sucking her face. And then Chaz freaking opens his eyes and looks at Allison through the blinds like, hey, bitch. Much <laughs> like, much like, remember when Michael was making out with Kimberly in the parking yeah. lot? And Amanda saw that. And, and Michael was like, don't you fucking say shit. <laughs> with it's, his eyes. It's very, very like that. And then Chaz just reaches up and closes the blinds. And Amanda's just, I mean, Allison's just like, okay. Yeah, so she's like, I guess I'm going to well, do Chaz's work. <laughs> I guess we got to finish that report. <laughs> Damn it, Billy, I'll be home at midnight. <laughs> Looks like I got a new boss. And she thinks he makes more than her. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah. Allison, you are really getting the shit into the stick at oh, D D. Poor Allison. You, you know, she should just start reporting to to Bruce. Yeah. Just don't even worry about Amanda. Oh god. Just shoot it upstairs to Bruce. Okay, so we're back at Joe's apartment. Her and Sarah are just like huddled on a couch as a very upset Hank is banging on the door, screaming. I want Sarah to come out. Let me in. So a regular person would probably pick up the phone and call 911. 100%. But Joe, no, pregnant Joe is like, you know what? I think this is a good time to open the door and try to reason with this crazy person. She opens the door saying, hey, man, why don't you just relax? And immediately (laughs) he pushes her out of the way and runs past her, goes over to Sarah, grabs Sarah, 
take Sarah out onto the landing because Joe does live on the second floor and they're in this scuffle. He's screaming. He's like, bitch, you think I'm going to listen to you? You're the one that's putting all these ideas in her head about being a model. She's coming with me. And she's Mm. trying to get him away from Sarah. Yep. And at that moment, he pushes Joe out of the way And Joe is just right there at the top of the stairs. She then falls backwards and we see this sequence of slow motion, Joe tumbling down the stairs backwards. We cut to Sarah's face. What that's in just shock and agony and just misery. And we go back to Joe who then lands with her head on the base of the stairs She's completely knocked out. Then we get the credits. What is happening at Melrose? Wow. Is she going to lose that baby? Who knows? Is she going to lose her life? Who knows? We don't know. We have no idea. So to recap, what happened in this episode? Amanda hires Chaz. Jake tries to kiss Joe. Um... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Jake has issues making Amanda his number one. Amanda makes out with Jazz. (laughs) Sydney is back on her ass, and she's giving stripping a shot. Uh, We find out that Kimberly is on a mission. And Joe gets thrown down the stairs. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. And Allison is getting fucked at work. <laughs> 100%. So 90s moments. Uh, Amanda's office. She has like three like old school like leather books. That <laughs> are like. Encyclopedia Britannica. Not even. They're like old. Like you, your parents ever have like books on the shelf that had like gold pages. If they were all shut together, yeah, yeah. And it'd be like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. It was like those books. <laughs> okay. Um, the high cut bathing suits that the girls were wearing. Like, mm. you know how like the bottoms are like cut real high. Yeah. 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 I've got in those same scenes, all of like Joe and Sarah and, and uh, Hank, just jean jackets. So much jean jackets <laughs> in this episode. And, Keeping in with the fashion, Allison's floral dress, those like floral dresses that would button up the front yeah. that were like ankle length. Yeah, teachers would always wear them. Yeah, she was rocking yeah. that. Uh, the upholstery at the the Thai lunch restaurant. Yeah. That was hella 90s. Chaz's freaking haircut, man. Yeah. Oh my God, that thing. I don't know how anybody would be like, that's an acceptable hairstyle for a man. Yep, that looks good. <laughs> like I don't know why he looks like one half of Wham, but yeah. in like the worst way possible. The the phrase "pretend you've been up all night making passionate love to Tom Cruise." Yeah, totally not cool. Um, all of Sydney's posters: Soundgarden therapy. That's all I got. I feel like when we were in Jake's apartment, he had an ashtray indoors on the coffee table. Mm. And that's always kind of jarring to me nowadays. Even if you're a smoker, 
you typically don't even smoke in your house anymore. Um, so you, it's really rare to see an ashtray indoors somewhere. Yeah. Um, the gold buttons that were down Allison's jacket, they were like almost like looked like you were like in a marching band or something with oh, those gold, <laughs> gold buttons going down the front. Um, and then the fact that Allison is like actually surprised that like, Oh my God, a man makes more than me. Like this mm-hmm. is news. It's like nowadays it's like, yup, that's pretty much like how it's been. So all of these episodes have a lesson. Dan, what did you learn from imperfect strangers? My lesson that you can take away from this episode is to dump your boyfriend if he sucks. <laughs> Seriously, Sarah, you're out here modeling. You are pretty successful. You're pretty too. successful. You're the hottest model for Models Inc. You're big ticket out here. You got to dump hometown boyfriend who's working in the cornfields. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do not bring him out to visit. Do not bring him to your shoots. He's uber jealous. You you call him and you break up. Or you write him a letter and you guys break up. Don't bring him out here. And the same goes for Chaz. Hillary, what are you doing with this guy? I mean, if he's if he's this like handsy with your with your daughter, chances are he's been kind of running amok amongst people he's actually allowed to be talking with. Um, dump him. You need to dump him. Sage advice. Yeah. How about you? Mine is call the cops when a domestic violence situation arises. Yeah. Why take it into your own hands? Yeah. She's like, the cops don't do anything. Mm, well, chances are you probably wouldn't have gotten thrown down a yeah. flight of stairs if you just called the cops. They got there in 30 seconds when Michael... Mancini was banging on the yeah. door. When Jane called, it was like <laughs> literally seconds. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I would say. Bad move. So now it's time for... Bitch, bitch of, of the, the week. week! I'm a boss-ass bitch, 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 bitch. I'm a boss-ass bitch, bitch, okay. bitch. Okay, last week, Jenny, you picked Sheila to be the bitch of the week and I pitched Michael to be the bitch of the week and combined Twitter and Facebook with a vote of 13 to 5 Sheila a guest star is the bitch of the week and Jenny wins yet again oh guys thank you so much Jesus now let's let's uh let's read some comments yeah I had a lot of people that agreed with me Donald felt that I made a very compelling argument about the wedding planner because she's the worst but Michael is clearly the bitch of the week because the fact that Kimberly comes back in his life and he just expects everything to go back the way it was and he doesn't even say sorry yeah he's a bitch okay Donald I thought you agreed with me mm. <laughs> Kevin said that he probably would have voted for Michael, but then he saw that Sheila was an option. And she's the worst. She actually made him kind of like Billy this week, and that is not okay. Thankfully, we never see her again. Okay, I agree, Kevin. Adrian, I usually think Jenny is spot on with her picks, but Dan nailed it. Oh! 
The way Michael tossed Sydney aside so thoroughly, thoughtlessly, then took up with Kimberly right away and proceeded to recreate the night of the accident was a major was major bitch worthy. Then Kimberly shut him down and made him her bitch. Viv says it's a tough one. Michael's always a bastard, but she's gonna give it to Sheila. Thanks, Viv. Um, she was annoying and a real see you next Tuesday to Allison, William, and Jane. Um, I love that you called her called him William. Um, being in the hospitality service industry, that's not how you treat your clientele. She had full control on planning the wedding and didn't let Allison and Billy give their input and went behind Allison's back and fired Jane. Don't come for my girl Jane. I agree. Also, she insulted Jane's designs. If I was Jane, I would push Sheila in the pool when she <laughs> fired back at Allison about her wedding being at a bus station. What a bitch. Bye, Sheila. Sherry says, I would have to agree with Daniel. He was right to pick Michael as bitch of the week because the way he got rid of Sydney after Kimberly returned to his life so suddenly was a really bitchy move for Michael to do. Um, so she definitely votes for Michael. Yeah, Jenky says that he, she has a hard time picking a non-regular for Bitch of the Week. Sheila is gross, and she's glad that she's gone, but Michael is just so slimy. She knows he's the one we're supposed to love to hate, but it's getting too much. And by the way, Dan, she thinks that your impressions of Billy and Michael are perfect. It's like a nat. Is it, she wants to know: Is it a natural gift, or do you practice like a Rosetta Stone thing? <laughs> Either way, great job. Um, we have Kevin agreeing and Viv agreeing that Dan, your voice acting is awesome. Thank you, guys. Let me tell you guys, Dan has always had this amazing talent of. Doing these voices, he can do my grandmother, he can do my little brother, he does them perfectly. Thank you. I mean, he he is a very talented person, and um, I really, he could have a, a future in voice acting if he ever wanted to do it. Thanks, guys. I attribute it to um, countless hours as a kid playing um, G.I. Joe's, and I would... Like, instead of actually playing G.I. Joe, I would play, like, the movie that I just saw, like, that weekend. So, like, they wouldn't be G.I. Joe characters at all. I would just be doing, like, the movie. Yeah, but you're... And that's where I, like, did all the voices and stuff. You have, like, this ear where you can pick up on stuff and... But it makes me sad because when you do my voice, you always make me sound like a weird man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Johnny Tapp. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) So thanks, guys. The voices will continue. Okay, so (laughs) we know who won last week, but let's talk about this week. All right. You won. So, again, you first. Guys, my bitch of the week, I think that this goes without being said. It's freaking Chaz. That haircut alone would be, like, that would be enough. To be the bitch. But he is such a freaking douchebag slime ball. I hate him so much. When I see his face, I just want to throw up or like punch him. I don't know which one. The whole thing about how he just weasels his way into working for D&D. I don't know how he had his resume there. How he was like 
right there. You got to wonder, you don't have a job. You're just like shuttling your 65 year old girlfriend around. What are you doing with your life? Okay. You (laughs) suck. I hate you. And the whole way that like he treats Allison about like, Number one, he in front of her is making plans for this poker thing and he just sloughs her off like, oh, anyway, do my reports for me and just like (laughs) treats her like crap. And then how he manipulates Amanda. And I just hate him. I just hate this guy so much. There are no redeeming qualities. He's just like a one dimensional douchebag, terrible person. He is obviously the bitch. I hate Chaz. He is the bitch. All right. Well, my bitch of the week is Amanda Woodward. Um, Here's why. One, she shits on Jake too much. And if you listen to this podcast, you don't mess with Jake. All right? The man has a boat business. The boat broke down. And you expect him to leave that boat and come to you so he can go to dinner with a woman you just met that you told him never to even talk to again? <laughs> fuck he, that. She did say that. Yeah, fuck that noise. I'm staying with my boat. I'm the captain. I'm going down with the ship. Then you you shit on your mom for talking about her ex-husband? No, 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 no. You marry somebody and you get a divorce from them. You can talk about them all you fucking want. It may not be good to talk about them in front of your kids, but when your kids are grown, like, let's game on. I'm sorry, but you can't have a conversation with someone who's just like, dad's the best, daddy's the best, daddy's the best, hands down, daddy's the best, and you won't even hear another argument. That's a bitchy thing to do. Then you told Allison that you're involving her in the hiring process, and you turn around and hire the first motherfucking guy that isn't involved in Allison's hiring process. That's fucking bitchy to do. And then just the act of hiring Chaz. Chaz is a piece of shit for all intents and purposes. He is a piece of fucking shit. Is he a bitch? He Chaz is he's a douchebag. I don't know <laughs> if he's a bitch. But you hired Chaz. He he weaseled his way into your world and you cower. Is that a word? Yeah. You cower like a bitch. And you, 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 you go back on your word and you hire him. Then you shit on Sydney when she didn't break any rules. She didn't break any rules of Melrose Place. You tell her that she shouldn't be in the pool. When, bitch, you should know your own motherfucking terms and conditions of your lease. That's a bitchy thing to do to call out your tenants for doing the wrong thing when really they're not doing the wrong thing. They're checking your ass and uninviting you to parties. So that's a pretty bitchy thing to do. And then the top bitchiest thing to do is be the other woman. And then on top of that, the bitchiest thing to do is be the other woman in your mother's relationship. You're making out with your mom's boyfriend. What kind of fucking bitch are you? I'll leave you with that. Wow. Dan, you really laid out a great case. <sighs> must win here, guys. It's a must win. <laughs> I have well, lost 
for a long time. Well, the truth will prevail. You let us know. Was the bitch this week Amanda Woodward or was it Chaz? What's his name? He doesn't even have a last name because he sucks so bad. It's Amanda, guys. <laughs> okay. Come we'll on. see. We'll see. Okay. This episode was named Imperfect Strangers. Worst ever. Who are the Imperfect Strangers? I Googled it. Does anybody... <laughs> What does strangers mean? I googled imperfect stranger. I googled perfect stranger. A perfect stranger is someone, someone you don't know. It's someone you have absolutely never met. So I can only imagine that imperfect stranger is someone you know very well. No, I don't I, know. I I don't know how this fits. I really feel like we could do a better job. I don't know why Matt is on the fucking main page of the this disc. He hasn't been in anything. Yeah, poor Matt's like done. Uh, Dan, what are you going to name this episode? I'm renaming this one Billy Break. (laughs) 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 We got a little break from our buddy Billy, and I think it was well needed. (laughs) You cleansed your palate of Billy. Are you ready for more next week? I think we're going to get a heavy dose of, oh, pal, I said... (laughs) I wonder, come on, the caterers. <laughs> well, Are you going to kiss my back again? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. Oh, um, what is it? Uh, uh, spinach lasagna? Ew. And corned beef hash? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's delicious. Ew, that's gross. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, Billy Break. We'll we'll go with it. How about you? I'm gonna rename this one Step Falling because we had uh our friend Joe fall down the stairs at the end, and then we have Chaz who What? Chaz is falling for his stepdaughter. Oh Christ. Oh you like that guys? Double entendre, double meaning. Step falling. Step falling. I'm falling in love with my stepdaughter, and I'm literally falling down the steps. What are you smoking? Dan, it's better than Billy Break. Billy Break. I'm sorry. It's better than Billy Break. Step falling. All right. Um, Predictions. What do we we see? What are we thinking? Um, Predictions. I think Sydney becomes uh, one of the top 10 strippers in Los Angeles. <laughs> I think she really excels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Kimberly whatever whatever she's playing, whatever game she's playing, I don't real I don't know that it that Michael knows that it's uh like working or whatever cuz He's still getting nailed in the hospital. <laughs> like, this is still pretty awesome for Michael. And she's like, I'm doing something crazy. I'm on a mission. What's yeah. your mission? What's Just your mission? To please have sex with Michael? Your everywhere? mission to make Michael the happiest man on earth? Because <laughs> you're doing that. It's working. Um, so maybe, maybe she gets a little more crazy on Michael, I think. Like, like maybe, maybe the next episode he comes home late and she's like, where the fuck were you? <laughs> you know? And she's just like, 
sitting there with a bunch of crows on the couch. <laughs> um, you know, maybe there's some more Jane. I think so, someone someone's going to have to go to the strip club and see Sydney mm-hmm, dancing. I have that in my predictions. Yeah, like someone's going to go there. And maybe Jake and Joe. Oh, and, you know, Allison is definitely telling Billy that Amanda made out with Chaz. And that's definitely getting back to Amanda. <laughs> that's 100% happening. Um, And maybe Joe loses that baby. I I kind of remember it differently, but I'll call it. I'll throw that out there. I've got similar predictions. I think Joe does lose the baby. I think that's going to make Jake come by her side and be with her in the time of need. And then they're going to get back together. He should have been there. Yeah, because he's going to be like, oh, God, he's going to have all the guilt over it. Um, I think that he and Amanda are done. Um, I think that. Sarah is going to go back to Models, Inc. and we'll never see her again. And this was just a crossover promotion for that new show. And we'll never know anything about Hank again. I think that Chaz is going to make Allison his slave. And (laughs) Amanda is definitely going to use Chaz to get back at her mom. I don't even think this is for Amanda's, like, she's doing it because she likes it. I think she's really doing it to throw it in her mom's face. So I think that she's going to have some kind of big reveal to try to hurt her mom in some way. Uh, and then, like you said, I think Sydney is going to become like the top stripper there. And then somehow <laughs> Michael is going to go to the strip club, like whether it be for like a couple of guys that one of his coworkers is getting married and they go out to the strip club and then he sees Sydney and then he falls back in love. And then he like tries to get with her. Then Kimberly finds out and then Kimberly tries to do them bodily harm. Hmm. Yeah. I guess see all that happening. So, yeah. Nice. Well, That's guys, we, we got two more left in season two. Can you believe it? Can't. Two more. Two more, gang. So, as always, hit us up on Twitter and Facebook uh, in our Facebook group to vote for Bitch of the Week. Um, that'll be up tomorrow when I remember to make the polls. <laughs> um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Melrose Pod. Hit us up there. Uh, you can email us, e- email us, melrosepod at gmail.com. We love hearing stories. Get in our Facebook group. It's a really, really fun place. We're sharing all kinds of cool Melrose memorabilia, Melrose stories. Someone just shared an article about um, Melrose locations and uh, what the inside of the actual building they use for the out exterior of Melrose Place actually looks like. That was a really fun article. Um, and we're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Melrose Pod. Whatever you can contribute, that would be fantastic. And in return, we got some bonus episodes for you there. So um, be sure to take advantage of that. Also, if you haven't done so already, leave us a review. Aline Marathon just did. And that's funny, Dan. Actually, Dan just ran the LA Marathon on Sunday. 
That's right. So my legs are killing me, guys. Join me in congratulating Dan. It was his first marathon ever. So I'm wondering if um, Eileen Marathon um, runs marathons too. But they say, love the host. I can listen to my guilty pleasure of Melrose Place privately during a podcast, remembering it from when I actually watched it in the 90s to rewatching it on Amazon Prime. But really, the best part of the podcast is the adorable married couple that hosts it. Woo-woo. Thank you. They are so funny, and the husband's imitations of the characters are the best. Agreed. His Rhonda is hilarious, but his Billy is downright unbelievable canny hey girl we haven't heard of ronda in a long time they recap the shows perfectly but have fun segments that really add to it like favorite item from the 90s in each episode i am not at all embarrassed to be a fan of this podcast unlike how embarrassed i am to have been such a fan of melrose place lol i hope this podcast continues through the rest of the series i truly look forward to it during my daily walks thank you both and thank you so much for taking the time. Um, just hearing your feedback really melts our hearts. And we're so thankful that you listen and that you tell your friends. And um, we we love that you told us that. So thank you. Thank you. And Jenny had a birthday. So happy birthday, Jenny. Oh, thank you. And uh, thank you, everybody in the Facebook group that wished me happy birthday. It really um, brightened my day. It's really great to know that you guys you guys care. And we love smut. And we love you Bye. again. <laughs>